0: This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health
1: authorities for the latest on COVID-19. Back to you is up next, but first, take a listen to this other fine Opie show. On this week's Minutia Men celebrity interview, we talked to
0: legendary television personality Bill Curtis. Can I guess what people ask you about the most? Anchorman. I knew it. I knew it. You're like this distinguished newsman with a 50-year career of excellence, right. Right. and people right. are like, hey, Thankfully, remember that wacky right. movie that you were in? And I was scared that I had thrown
2: it all away. Your appearance on our podcast is already (laughs) your your career. career. (laughs) uh, Minutia men Celebrity Interview on Spotify, opishows.com or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits.
1: The following is a Tony Lozano podcast and Opi Show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Back to You with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. Back to You, Steve, the show that educates, entertains, and amazes. What show is that? I want. I got to listen to that one. That's a show with which I'm not familiar. <laughs> do you think it'll be any of those three things today? Listen to what's happening. Can you hear the yeah, phone going off here? Yeah, I hear your house here. phone
3: ringing. I'm one of the seven people in the world that still has a house phone.
1: Yeah, and why uh, every time that we yeah. tape
3: this thing, why do you have, why is it ringing? And who calls oh, you because- on it? This says toll-free call, and you know what that means? Yeah, don't answer. Nobody I know. Yes, nobody I know, and somebody selling something. And the thing that's most aggravating, I want to pick it up and, and say something, but it's a recording. And then I shouldn't have picked it up in the first place. Of course you shouldn't. And I, and, and I feel like such a an ass for doing that. And you don't learn from it. No. However, I did. You, you notice I didn't pick that up. right? So, no, so I did learn something. Because you're busy. But, but I got all kinds of stuff uh, bothering me all day long. I didn't tell you about something that happened to me the other morning. <clears throat> about four in the morning, I bolt up in my bed like uh, Joe Pesci did in Cousin Vinny when the owl started hooting yeah. in the middle of the night. I hear... Warning, warning, warning. Take action now. Take action now. Now, a voice yelling that out. I jump out of bed. I run in the hall. And of course, after you hear something that alarming, you don't hear it anymore. So I'm wondering, what in the hell can that be? And I run downstairs and, and, and I'm looking, room, I'm flipping lights on. Is there anybody inside? Uh, w- w- what's going on? And then from a distance, I hear it again, warning, warning. And i try to track the voice that meanwhile, my wife is asleep. <laughs> how she could, as- <laughs> how could she stay asleep through me jumping up like a crazy man with a voice yelling, warning, warning, take action now. And she still doesn't get up. Did you have baseball so go, bat in your uh, hands? Uh, uh, no, I didn't have anything but fear. I was gripping fear as hard as i could and so I, I finally locate this voice it's in the hall upstairs near the bedroom and what do you think it was siri no um, close it was your uh like smoke alarm yes when did they start talking i don't know Mine talking. when did that happen mine squeak i'm yeah, well, I want the good old-fashioned annoying squeaking. I don't want some man yelling, warning, warning, high take tech action man. now. You're high-tech now. You got an expensive I one. Th- I thought it was some kind of militia in the house or something, or a civil defense team or something. And so I changed. It was just telling me to change the the uh, battery. But, but when did they start yelling warning? I have no and idea. So, and so I had to go through the, through the house changing... I, not that there are that many, but there were other smoke detectors that I had to change batteries for in the middle of the m- night, actually four in the morning, four in the morning. And why does it have to go off then? You are awakened. One? But all these things are talking to me constantly, Phone ringing and on a voice on the other side, some machine talking. Was this one Siri, up? like you mentioned. Was this on Alexa's the fourth Alexis constantly talking because
1: <laughs> I know you got a TV man spread. You got four yeah, floors. Yeah, sure I do. A fireplace yeah. on, every, on every level. Hey, we've got a guest yeah. today. We're going to get to in a second. And should I ask him like I did with comedian Dwayne Kennedy last week, are you a spiritual man? I wouldn't
3: start there. <laughs> <laughs> we did that uh, last and week. Who, and you I, called me and you said, I, "What in what are you doing?" it's just like what has, what's how are talking about out of out of nowhere he's ha- asking this heavy duty uh you know academic uh, deep in your soul question and then he wants me to ask the guys do they pee in the shower <laughs> That's how we roll. Well, I think Vince knows what's coming
1: now. We're going to bring on Vince Cellini, longtime friend of mine. We worked uh, together or or at uh, opposite stations in Cleveland when I worked there in the early 80s. Vince is with Golf Channel. He's been with CNN, CNN, CNN Sports Illustrated, I think NBA TV. He's been all over the place for a long time. Vince, how are you?
2: I'm doing great, Howard. It's always
3: great to talk with you. Hi, Steve. How are you as well? Uh, Vince, Vince, let, let me just say real quick, real sure. quick. I am I am honored to have Vince talk to us. Seriously, I've seen the man so many times in so many different situations, uh, because I, Howard knows, Vince, I'm a sports fanatic, and I spent all my time uh, during a, a work day in the newsroom, leaving the newsroom to go back to the sports department, because I'm just crazy about... Most sports. So, thanks for being with us this, uh, oh, this well, that, afternoon.
2: that was so that's sweet of you to say that. Thank you so much. And uh, I'm just grateful to still be somewhat in the mix here, you know, at uh, at this point in time, because it's, uh, as you guys know, it's uh, it's a tough business, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. it's,
3: yes, it's yes, one, indeed.
2: it can chew you up and spit you out. So I'm for I'm very grateful for uh, opportunities. I'm, and I'm happy to be with you guys too, Howard. We go oh my gosh can i can i i don't i don't know if you have any questions but can i just tell the listeners how we used to communicate when and i don't think guys at opposite stations do this anymore where i might get a call at nine thirty or so on a, on a saturday night and howard would not use my name he would use a a nickname that we had for one another yes and it um It sounds like jazz. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) That's a long story, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He'd say... Jazz, what are you doing? What are you leading with? And I go, I don't know. Jazz, what are you leading with? And <laughs> and we were talking, and and it was that kind of a market. It was a, that kind of a time, nice. I think, where there was a camaraderie in the in the business. Wouldn't you agree, guys? Yeah, There, oh, yeah. there was w- no viciousness back
1: then, Steve. I mean, uh, you know, we we competed against mm-hmm. each other, but I mean, if we got a yeah. if one of us had a had a story, the other guy. Didn't you know? I wouldn't tell him what we had, but most nights we're doing the same sports cast, basically. So why not be friends?
3: Yeah, everybody's in the same boat essentially, and you're all trying to do your job. And when you realize that, I always felt my point of view was always that it was the news director, GMs, guys at that level that were the real uh, competitors and had that point of view. Everybody else, I just sort of, uh, in a general sense, looked at as colleagues. Well, absolutely. And I think
2: it helped when we were all out at the same story or at a press conference or someplace like that, where we, you know, we really were, we were friends, you know, and, and guys, you know, hung out and, as such. So I don't know what it's like, uh, today. I think it's obviously a little different environment, but those, those were good times, especially, uh, in Cleveland, And, Howard, you liked your time in Cleveland, didn't you? Oh, yeah, you? I, had,
1: I had a ball in Cleveland. I, I liked it a lot. Um, my daughter was born there. Uh, that was the first place my wife and I lived after we got married. And we, we mm-hmm. enjoyed it a lot. We lived in the uh, western suburbs in uh, Rocky River, a uh, very nice suburb of Cleveland. And we enjoyed everything about it. We were there about four years. And, you know, you'll feel good about this because – Uh, you're a cleveland native but i think steve uh, it it has become a kind of a vacation destination for you right you you and your wife have made it a point to stop there quite a few Uh, times
3: well yeah i i was thinking about how what we're planning hopefully if the virus gives us a break we're going to do it again vince my i grew up in philadelphia okay and, and i still i still have friends and relatives there my son Works at the NBC station in Philadelphia, so and he's run into folks I used to work with a zillion years ago. I don't know why they're still there, because they're so, they're so old and fossilized now <laughs> that I can't imagine they're still.
2: Every market has to, you know <laughs> a, a few of those types. Of, you know, <laughs> and you know. But that's that's why not to, That's why I had to go because I said I looked at some of those guys who were there forever. I said Gee, you know
3: yeah. if if I don't yeah. challenge
2: myself, I'll, I'll be that yeah. guy and then. Never know what I could be, but
3: go and, ahead. Your sons in uh, Philly. Uh, so I, uh, what what we would do is get in a car and drive from here to Philadelphia. And we always made our our stopover if we we're going to spend the night somewhere. We do it in Cleveland, and I didn't know much about Cleveland, but I loved it. I've been there about three or four times. I'm always in the same area. I really don't know more than that cobblestone street area. It's across the street from the stadium. okay. And they've got a lot of a lot of cafes and, and restaurants yeah, there. Yeah, that,
2: uh, that little uh, west, west for, East Forth, is it, uh, over there? Or, uh, that little area with yeah. all the restaurants?
3: Yes, I love it, love it. And uh, from there on one of my trips, we realized that Canton was not all that far away. And we took a trip to Canton and that just blew my mind. Loved it because I had no idea I've been to um, to the baseball Hall of Fame. I've been to Cooperstown, and it to me pales in in terms of what the NFL does because it's so glitzy and high tech. And you know, you walk in there where those heads are of the enshrined inductees, and and it's all you know, it's in glass. They're all glass, and and uh, these carvings uh, are. It's a real museum,
2: you know. It 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 really is with curators and uh, yes. and artifacts, and, and, and it's it's really an amazing place. You're right.
3: You you walk in that room, and everybody gets silent, like they're actually buried <laughs> <in> there. <laughs> and I'm wondering why are we whispering like this? Because it feels you're so reverential it's to like what's going on in there. You know, yes. I don't know.
2: I don't know about you guys, and and Howard. Maybe you're like me, but it it was never it was never the contemporaries who made me nervous. It was always. The older athletes or the guys who were like the legends, you know, who were kind of had you, you know, you felt like a kid. Oh. I mean, I know I did.
1: Yeah, I, I agree 100%. I mean, people ask me here in Chicago what it was like to know Michael Jordan and do shows with him and everything. Well, Michael's, you know, about my age or a few years younger. and mm-hmm. and, and I met him right out of college. But, you know, in Cleveland, for instance, the first time that I interviewed Bob Feller... I mean, it was unbelievable. Mm. And I was at the old Memorial Stadium on the lakefront, and I looked. This is Bob Feller, legendary Hall of Fame pitcher. And I see this car, an old station wagon, coming down the ramp off the highway with a U-Haul trailer behind it. And he comes around the corner like it's on. It's he's on two wheels, and he comes peeling up and gets out. And that was so cool to me to meet Bob Feller, so I agree with you, all those guys like that 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 you met uh it w- was cool. The contemporaries are just i don't know they're just guys that uh, you've met so many of them interviewed so many of them it,
3: it doesn't phase you now vince had you ever had you ever dealt with jim Brown yes yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, so I spoke with Jim Brown, and that's almost you know like, here you have to remember well, because I grew up in in Cleveland my entire life, Jim Brown was just almost, it's, not, it's almost like you're not even talking about a person anymore. You're talking about a, like a sports God because the older guys, my father's friends would talk about him. And it was all in this sort of tone of this reverential, this amazing person and player. And, and I was a little, I'm a little too young to have really seen him. My older brother did. And, but I would hear that. So when you hear he's still, even though LeBron was there, Jim Brown is the, the, Greatest name, along with a guy like Feller, I'm sure, and Lou Boudreau for the older guys. But Brown is just—you uh you know—I consider him really one of the m- more uh, impressive people that I've ever yeah. met because no one has stood on principle more than Jim Brown in, in his life and mm-hmm. with his deeds and what he's done in terms of and not only being an athlete but being a, a person and 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 person who's an activist and a helper and a guy who's made a difference in his life so he's all those things and his presence now um is still impactful up there in fact we were coming in i I didn't live there anymore we were coming in for a function and my sons were with me and jim brown was in the in uh, the the airport at hopkins uh, airport and uh on one of those carts getting a ride and he was in a sleeveless shirt and my middle son went dad 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 that was jim brown that was jim brown (laughs) just went by so even even those guys the next generation next generation they they get it but you know meeting guys Feller uh, Wilt when I saw those guys at yeah. the 50th celebration mm-hmm. I mean they're, they're bigger than life to me and even you know in golf I Nicholas this week is uh, Memorial Week um, at Muirfield Village and he has a clinic that he runs during the middle of the week and I got to host it one year and in between a shot and resetting he's got a one iron which he used to hit now you guys you, nobody hits a one iron anymore but he was masterful with this thing. And we were just standing there. I said, gee, Mr. Nicholas, I said, that's, uh, looks looks pretty in- intimidating to try to hit that one. And he goes, yeah, it's just a golf club. <laughs> and I said, but you know, I thought, yeah, I mean to Rembrandt, it was just a paintbrush, or ah, to, uh, yeah. but to him, he's like, yeah, it's just a club I hit. So that, that's really the cool thing I think about sports. And I, and I don't know about you guys, Howard, did you want to be a sportscaster early? I was about 11 when i wanted to do this you know i think about 11 or 12.
1: well i wanted to be in broadcasting i mean originally i just wanted to be i wanted to be a rock and roll disc jockey because i used to listen to wls <laughs> radio in chicago and yeah. i used to you know listen to lurie lujak and all these great disc jockeys and i just wanted to play music like they did because they were big stars too and i thought oh, yeah you know using your voice and, and being a smart ass between playing these great you know, Beatles records, I thought was the coolest job in the world. And then I got a job at a radio TV station combo and I started, Steve knows this, I started doing weather, uh, filling in on weather. And that was my first taste of television. But everybody wanted a meteorologist, so I didn't want to go to school to be a you know, meteorologist, so I started doing sports, being a sports fan, and it just took off from there, but, um, you know, I wanted to be in broadcasting, but not necessarily sports, but uh, I'm glad, glad the way it turned out, uh, met so many people, have had so many experiences like you have, uh, you were talking about Nicholas, I've been around him a little bit, I played in an exhibition one time, played four holes with Arnold Palmer. And we had wireless (laughs) mics on, and he Mm. he was just like he seems. He was the greatest guy in the world, made me feel at ease. And I hadn't been playing a lot of golf at the time, and I parred all four holes. Wow. Unbelievable. Wow. And I interviewed him afterwards, and... I uh, kiddingly said because there was a big gallery following us around at this golf course that he had designed following him around and I said
2: that's
1: what I said I said Arnold how did you like being around Howard's Army and, <laughs> and uh, he laughed nice. and he said uh, nice. it's obvious you haven't been doing a lot of sports announcing these days he said you're playing a lot of golf and actually I wasn't but uh, I rose to the occasion but I mean you, you I mean experience like that uh, you can't beat and we've, we've all been lucky enough
2: to have them
3: now, now Vince, I, mean, I, know I know you cover, cover golf. golf do you, do you play, play golf,
2: golf? Do you, do you, have, you know, are you much of a player? player well you know i i moved when i moved to orlando uh for golf channel the first six months my kids were still in school so i, I got there like in late december i think it was and of oh of two or three i can't remember and so for six months they weren't around. I lived in an apartment and across the street was Metro West, which is a qualifying course, uh, for a lot of, uh, events. And I started playing and, you know, really putting for 45 minutes and, and I got, I got pretty good, but then I, uh, I came back here and I lost my playing partner, my son who would drag me out all the time. He's a, a former college baseball player. And you know how those guys are. They have to They all turned to golf. Mm -hmm. Eventually all roads lead to golf for those Mm -hmm. guys. (laughs) And so I played with him and I, you know, I got to be decent, but I was never a great player. I, I just came to the game so late in my twenties because I did not have access to it that I wish I had played more as a kid. It's almost like trying to pick up baseball as an, as an adult, you know, it it, it was a little like that, but I enjoy the game. I enjoy being around the champions, PGA tour champions they're the greatest guys. They're the, the they just are magnificent guys and just fountains of information. Um, but I'm uh, I'm I'm a little laid up now. Won't be playing golf for a little while. I just had my knee uh, scoped back on Thursday, so I'm uh, I'm I'm pretty limited in what I can do for a little while. Anyway,
3: now how are you just generally dealing with the virus? I mean, has it affected your family, you, or? Well, you know, the first three months.
2: It has affected me in a lot of ways. I was doing yeah. CNN I, the international portion of sports, and that kind of went away because of all the coverage with, uh, with COVID and, and everything that's going on socially. Um, but I hunkered down for literally three months until they opened Georgia, they opened the state. And it was a matter of just maybe a grocery store run uh, with mm-hmm. a mask, and that was it. And so it was, it, it was difficult. But they've they've done some openings here now, and and you know you don't have to wear a mask, but you should. And gyms, hair salons, all that non-essentials are open here, so it's a little better now. But I, I I'm certainly aware, um, because I have an elderly mother, and she actually battled through COVID uh, recently. She's 91, mm-hmm. and she came through it. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's I I think my life is relatively back back to normal, but whatever normal is um, now. Uh, yeah. But, I, you know, I'm kind of I'm kind of dealing uh, with that. But I, I am a spiritual guy. Um. <laughs> <Yeah>. That <laughs> so, question is coming yeah. later. But no. oh, OK, OK, I don't want to get ahead of us. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves.
1: <laughs> well, no. I, that's great news about your mother, because Thank they you. talk about anybody, you know, over 80 and, you know, your, your odds aren't good. So, uh, yeah, she's got to be made well, of tough stuff.
2: Yeah, man. She's, uh, she's, she's pretty tough. Uh, she was, uh, always the strong silent type in the rock in our family growing up. And, uh, we always had a very special relationship. The tough part is, and I guess I didn't mention this is that she's been really quarantined and she's in a facility, a health facility or an elderly facility. And I used to go in there and just hold her hand and we would talk and sometimes she'd sleep and I'd sit there next to her and I just, i I can't get in I haven't been in since March and it's yeah. it's devastating for families who have to deal with that. I can't tell you that separation and not having contact with someone so
3: yeah,
2: yeah. i mean aside from obviously the life threatening aspect the separation and stuff it's been that's been really tough so I hope uh we can come up with some solutions there
3: yeah we've got to I just hope that people i i just pray that people will We'll just It's more than just guidelines now. Like you said, it's a necessity. I mean, we got to wear a mask. We've got to pay attention to what's so dangerous about it.
2: Well, you know, Steve, I think it's with everything that's going on. And, and as an older guy, you know, in, your, in my 60s, I, I, I'm i a big respect guy. I mean, I'm a big mutual respect guy. And I think uh-huh. if we all had a little more mutual respect for one another, and I know that sounds like a really easy solution, but can we just yeah. be respectful? And I think a lot of this stuff is, is going to take care of itself. You know, just, just, just acknowledge and be respectful, man. And I yeah, think we're, yeah. we, 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 may have lost some of that, uh, interact in our interactions on, on a daily basis. I understand, you know, we're all under pressure and nobody likes the quarantine and everybody's, you know, uh, you know, but, um, that, uh, I'm, I'm going for happiness in this last script in my final three innings. <laughs> I, I'm going for contentment and happiness. I really am. I'm serious.
3: Well, you know what? That leads me to what I've been wondering about for a while now. Is uh, somebody said, get off the phone now? Do you hear a baby crying? Yeah, I that baby's her? saying, I don't care about a podcast, radio show, or anything. I need the attention now. That's my little <laughs> granddaughter. She's two. She's staying with us for a couple of days.
1: Uh, not real happy right now, speaking of happiness. <laughs> <laughs> she's not in the. She's not in her final three <laughs> innings <laughs> yet, Vince, that's and she doesn't so, give well, a damn no, about it. happiness.
2: <laughs> no, she's oh, at the it. top of the first right now. That's it. She's, <laughs> yeah. just, she's first pitch. She's right. And, and <laughs> she's two,
1: so you know what that's like, too
2: oh I, I love them little though oh, i they're had great. three five and under and i can't wait for grandkids i i was yeah, telling my daughter-in-law no. they came to visit and i was like ah so uh you know you, you can't really say it you got to go like <laughs> so uh let's yeah, hear uh, this full on Let
1: me open go ahead
3: they always stop uh, oh there she <laughs> is beautiful oh she
1: stopped that's
3: beautiful yeah, she wants to get she wants to get paid scale. she not doing this for free. She said, I don't yes. want any part of that so-called show. Yes. does she have a, Does she have an Instagram
2: account already? Or
1: hey, you know what? I think one of the first words she said was iPad.
2: I kid you not. So yeah. she knows every device Seriously.
1: all the time, and she'll be sitting at her table at the kitchen table having a snack having a bite to eat and she'll say uh you know can i watch show on grandma's ipad and i say no it's upstairs can i watch it on your phone uh can i watch (laughs) it on on, you know the kindle you know just on and on i mean they're they're it's instinctive to them you know
2: so so what do you think guys are we ever gonna are we gonna get back to like normal sports Mm. are we are we going to return or or are we going to be derailed somewhere down the
3: line I, I i tell you what the saddest thing that's going to happen this this autumn is i'm a i'm a big college football fan and and i'm assuming that that's just not going to happen I, I don't think they'll play college football i could watch hofstra play southern louisiana it doesn't have to be a big time school i just love to watch college football and i don't think on any level i mean that's just my guess from what i'm hearing how possible is it if students can't even go on campus how can we get you know these athletes together in in, in good conscience and, and have them play who's going to watch and it's it's just so risky uh, well I, 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 don't I how
2: you how you practice i mean practicing football itself is a uh, you know it's yeah <laughs> there's no distancing at all i mean you're hitting every every play you're grabbing somebody every play you're you're close together in close proximity and I know that the Pac-12 and and the the Big Ten have talked about conference only. I think down here in SEC country, you know, this is boy, you it's got to be pretty bad to uh, to slow down college football down here because it's it's incredible in terms of importance.
3: Do you you think they'll play? You think they'll be college football?
2: I think they're going to make an effort to play, but I think there are a lot of uh, moving parts, and and one of those parts could be, God forbid. Uh, something happens to a a student athlete and uh, you know even though I know they're talking about signing waivers and and such but if something happens or there's a there's some sort of breakout with a team I just don't know how they can I don't know I don't know how you can continue on I mean we're talking quarantines and and I don't know I, I, I don't know how you can possibly work around it Well, I'm not sure I
1: I buy that. Uh, You know, you asked if we'll ever get back to normal. Um, You know, I. I choose to believe that, yeah, we will be, get back to normal completely. And maybe by next year at this time, we're going to be uh, just like we were before this thing hit. And I think, I you so. know, sports and everything, I'm just hopeful there'll be a vaccine and a treatment and all that. And I, I believe it'll come. I, you know, I believe we'll be normal. But for the near future, for this year, I think they're going to continue to get derailed. You know, like with baseball, they're trying to play sixty yeah. games, and they keep, you know, having problems with testing yeah. and guys having to stay out of workouts. So, yeah. what's the what's the threshold for them to put the brakes on? I mean, how many guys on a team have to test positive? Um, you know,
2: or worse, I, or, or worse, or worse. Mm-hmm. I you know, God when, forbid. Yeah. Like,
1: Whenever you have to sign a waiver, I think it's time to opt out. <laughs> Don't yeah. you? When somebody, when a lawyer puts something in front of your face <laughs> and says, uh, "You know, I'd have to think twice about it," you know. But uh, sure. what what would you? I mean, I'm like Steve. I, I more than college, I just love the NFL season. And oh yeah, I every Sunday. Monday, Thursday, whenever they're on Saturdays, um, every NFL game I love to watch. But uh, I want to watch anything at this point. Uh, is there any any sport that you really miss, or the first thing you want well, to watch? I, uh, Vince? I'm,
2: yeah, I'm, I, I love I love college football uh, as well, um, and I'm I'm like Steve. I'll stay I'll stay on that Saturday trek all the way mm-hmm. through some. Mm-hmm. Mountain West, you know, get together. <laughs> yes. Uh, or, you know, somebody in Montana playing somebody. So I'll stay all the way through. I don't have to have an affiliation or an allegiance to a team. I miss that. Um, I And the NFL. I mean, I'm, I'm a huge uh, football fan. But basketball is another situation. Getting these guys all together down in, in Orlando and trying to make a season out of it. But again, you know, they're in a bubble. And you know there there's contact and and I I just don't see how a game like that and Howard you're a basketball guy you're a player you I don't know how you can play and not expose yourself to to the dangers there um, no you it's can't. it's just unfortunate the one thing that made me feel worse than ever I you know as as, as a father of sons who played spring sports is these kids losing their spring seasons and mm, their senior yeah. years in high school or their senior year in college or or you know it's 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 sad it's sad to not have uh those experiences um but yeah not only sports, i'm not that smart I don't, I don't have the yeah go ahead well
1: not only sports but just the the experiences of you know college campuses being you know sure online so moving out of home moving to a college campus living in a dorm or wherever um the the classrooms at that You know, high schools, the graduations, all that. I mean, they'll survive, but it's too bad they have to miss these experiences. But, you know, maybe they'll maybe they'll learn something out of this experience, too,
3: that uh, life ain't easy. Well, you know, of of all these sports so far, from what I've seen, I think as a viewer, it might be fun to watch basketball. They got this thing on ESPN called the Basketball Tournament. Where I guess these guys play, they played most of them played overseas, right, Vince? Or yeah, and it's uh, like
2: they, it's like a, they put up money for a for a tournament. Yeah,
3: yes, and at the end they win this big prize. Now the thing that I found most interesting, just as a TV watcher, is that you can hear because there's no, no there's no audience there, no spectators. You can hear almost everything coaches yell out. You can hear players talking to each other. Uh, you can hear more of what's going on uh, as a game is being played. And that's something that you never really get an eye on. I mean, you, you can when players get miked for games, they always seem to be pretty polite and protective and they don't say much. You know, when they're playing and they've got a mic on during the timeout or something, there's a mic nearby. But when the game's going on and you hear, uh, you know, you actually hear the instructions from the coaches as a yell. That might be a perspective that you don't. Get at any other time as an offshoot of the virus. Well, we might hear
2: that now uh, down in uh, the, the NBA as we know it uh, getting back yeah. together because there won't be that type of uh, audience. It'll be very much like the summer league that's played in or- in Orlando at the Magic practice facility with, you know, with all the all the sounds readily available uh, for anyone in there. Um, but I I wish I had answers, guys. I'm sure you guys have gone over this again and again. I, I what the hell do I know? You know, I'm just, well, know, I'm just like well, anybody else.
3: I think golf will probably be the least affected, right? I've been proud of golf. I'm proud of golf
2: because they, they went to the forefront and they went out. And As yes, they've had cases. They've had a handful of cases, but they've addressed them right away. And they've gone through with tournaments. And if you watch on television, it's it looks like golf. I know there are no galleries, and they were supposed to have some in Muirfield this week, which they won't. And I know we've had to cancel um, – Ryder Cup, which is a good idea because I think fans are an essential part of that. Uh, with with two, with countries competing against one another, but I think golf has done a tremendous job into trying to reacclimate people or find some normalcy with sport. It's been a great diversion and I, and it's been a, a nice escape uh, for everyone involved. And I I'm uh, not because I'm you know affiliated with it, but I think they've done a, a, a great job and and exercised all the uh, precautions that they should have and at least. It's given us something. It's given us yeah. something, you know.
1: Well, I, I play a lot of golf, and I've, I've watched more golf than ever over the last, since the tour came back, and it has been fantastic. And they've handled it so well. And mm. you can tell the guys are so professional out on the course. Um, whenever they... You know, if the winner on the last hole, you know they they can't hug the other guy. They usually have a handshake and a hug, and they just you know give each other a fist bump if that. Uh, but they're they're really professional about it, and uh, I think it has looked you know it, it, you know, the galleries aren't there for any, but but it has looked like golf, and it and it they're has. playing at a fantastic level, and it's just really been great to see these guys grinding it out.
2: Yeah, and this is going to be a great week because Tiger's playing. Uh, he's back for the first time since February, and Bryson DeChambeau has been playing. You know, he's been the talk of the game with what he's done and changing his body and hitting the ball ten miles. And you know, how is that going to affect the geometry of golf? So,
3: now is that that is that that guy that's beefed up?
2: So, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. he's a guy that's put, packed on about forty pounds, forty five, <laughs> and, and he has now increased his swing speed, and and he's. You know, he's always been... If you're not familiar with him, he's been a guy who's a little more scientific with the game. He does things his own way. All of his irons are the same length. And he he has, you know, made this more of a scientific approach, uh, particularly putting and driving the ball. So, you know... It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's nice to hit sand wedge into every Howard, right Howard? I mean oh, to, to be able to hit sand wedge into greens yeah. Even
1: if you miss the fairway and you're hitting a sand wedge out of the rough <laughs> as opposed to hitting a five iron from the middle of the fairway uh, you know you've got an advantage but you know and Bryson DeChambeau um, he, he won recently because of his putter I mean he, he, yes. he's got a great short game and he putts so well so the driver doesn't do you any good if you don't roll those putts in
3: I made him sound like some big fat guy. He's not. I mean, he's in shape. He's oh, not yeah. like uh, he's not like da- Was it was it daily, the guy who smokes and drinks? <laughs> like, he's not he like still that.
2: Does. he still does.
3: <laughs> he does. But you know
2: what? John Daly,
1: so. John Daly was, you know, he was heavy and he smoked and smoked and drank. But he was really yeah, athletic, yeah. too. I mean, he had an unbelievably yeah. flexible athletic golf swing where he took the club still back does. so far and still does. Yeah, it's carried on into his 50s. So there's another all-time character. Hey, we're going to take a break, guys. And uh, I'm going to read this, uh, Steve, if you don't mind. No, help yourself. Help yourself. You want to read it? it If you like Back to You, then be sure to check out some of the other programs on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, like... The Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. Mark Vernon and Lou Costable, true lifelong car guys, cover everything from what's going on in the auto industry to cars they've seen while running errands. Check out The Car Guys Report on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. And we'll be right back. On
0: this week's Free Kicks with Adam and Rick, we talk about the English Premier League. And the top four teams in the league every year qualify for the Champions League. So there's a battle at the end of the season, Adam. Yeah. It's looking pretty exciting right now, isn't it?
3: Really good. Lots of games left.
0: All fighting to get into that top four. So we'll break down each of those teams on this week's Free Kicks with Adam and Rick. On Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts, just search for Radio Misfits.
1: Back to you with Howard Howard
0: Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. Oh, I'm Steve Baskerville, and I'm Howard Sudbury. And we talk about... He's gone rogue. Whatever we talk about, we're the Ramblin' Boys. I don't know what to add. He's all the characters. Yeah. This is a one-man show. <laughs> and from- it's great talk radio isn't dead it just moved to a better place
1: radiomisfits.com we are back gun back to you this is back to you with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville Howard Sudbury Steve Baskerville and talking to sportscaster Vince Cellini live and in color from Atlanta sportscaster <laughs> is that your title
2: oh I, well you know that's that's a nice thing you can call me I've been <laughs> I've been called a lot of things so <laughs> I, you know that's fine whatever uh Podcaster or whatever, host or whatever.
1: Hey, Steve. You when know, I asked Vince, when I asked Vince, Vince to come on, uh, um, yeah. he sent me a note and he said, "Don't stump me." So,
2: <laughs> like I hey, like hey, what Vince. Easy to do. It's too, <laughs> Hey,
3: Vince, it's, it's too late for that man because he tries to stump me. Every time we do these things, well, I guess these in a second, questions in a couple of questions minutes. out of the blue. Yeah, you know, Vince, I've never, I've, I've only flown into Atlanta, and I have relatives that live in Macon. Uh, that I, 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 I saw one relative there, and I went to the cherry blossom festival in Macon, but I've never, I've never spent time in uh in atlanta and i've always that's one of the places where i hear so much about and want to go and visit and um is that is that home for you right now
2: uh it is i'm north of the city uh okay. right now so i've been up in the northern suburbs uh for a long time um really since i initially came here back in the yeah. fall of 89 so yeah yeah and i venture to the city to do uh some work there once in a while. There's there's always lots going on. That's for sure. Big events and uh, things like that.
3: And are you in shape or do you look more like daily? Are you eating too much barbecue? Are you eating too much barbecue? But no,
2: and, you know, and, uh, <laughs> my wife is a really tremendous cook, uh, and a chef almost. I mean, she makes bakes and cooks. So the first, we're empty nesters. So the first few weeks of COVID, she just broke out everything. Well, let's make this. Mm, let's make this. Wise. So I went, on, I went on an eating binge. You know, I was yeah. like just It was you know, I'm like Joey Chestnut. Yeah. And I'm just two handed everything, man. I'm, you know. And then I hey. said, "Whoa, take it easy." So yeah. I, 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 do like to, I like to work out. It's, it's my uh, mental break and escape, and it helps me clear my mind and not make it busy and just. Uh, so I, I go in, and try to do something really every day. Clint Eastwood always said, "Try to." He tries to sweat one, every day. Not necessarily yeah. work out but sweat every day. So I try to do that. And I'm about at my I'm about at my fighting weight, maybe a couple pounds over. So
3: nice. That's encouraging because I have a steady diet of junk food and junk TV. No, no, no. You can't. That's it's, horrible. it's hard. Horrible. It's hard. It,
2: listen, I'm
3: I'm I grew up uh,
2: in an Italian house where it was like everything was carbs. I mean it yeah, was like yeah. we are gonna have carbs and then a carb dessert and then a carb uh, you know, appetizer and and so I'm addicted to bread and pasta and, and sugars. And yeah, you, know, you just, you got to really limit that stuff. You do. There's,
3: especially, especially Cleveland to me always seemed like one of those great food towns. Great like town. pits, it's, an, it's a
2: very underrated town for, for restaurants and food. It's some fantastic restaurants there and great little mom and pop places to get yeah. food. Uh, and it always had, and Howard knows this, it had these ethnic pockets. So if you knew where to go, for polish food or the best uh delis or the best italian so it had these pockets of places remember hofbrauhaus yes uh, for german food which was unbelievable
1: and isn't so there a place it, in one of the suburbs a lithuanian place that's legendary I oh think. yeah yeah so you're right all kinds of ethnic food like that and if you yeah. were to go when people did i mean it, it is fabulous it's a great food town
2: and a lot so you, of food festivals like Chicago, you know, the summer food mm-hmm, festivals and mm-hmm. ribs and you know, whatever. So there's a lot of eating involved. And and really, you talk about weight. Steve, how's your weight? Is your weight up? Do you feel like you want to lose weight?
3: I feel like He's two like tons of fun. Two tons of fun. You're not no, 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 no. Come on. No. No. <laughs> no. I was going to say no. we are going have to have to an intervention I, if you were 280. I, I but I but like David Letterman would say, I have busted a deuce. I have done that. <laughs> I am up, up I'm up above the deuce in, in a direction that I and I I'm going in the wrong direction. I want to lose I, I want to lose a good if I lost ten pounds, I'd oh, be right. happy.
2: You could do that easy. Yeah, you just you change know. your that diet. Weeks. And you absolutely change your uh, diet. get on more uh, of a cardio a cardio plan and lift yeah. weights. Lifting weights burns a lot of calories too. Yeah. So So, um, no, you 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 could do that easy. That's that's no problem. Um, but you got to stay away from certain things. For a little yeah.
3: while. Yeah, I've that's gone the thing. Through. That's the thing that this this COVID is. I used to actually go to the gym a couple times a week. Uh, working out for all, you know, on staying on the wagon pretty consistently. And then this came along and it just took everything away about three or four months ago. And I haven't found a way to get into a positive routine yet.
2: Look, so uh, all you need is uh, some, maybe some 20 and 30 sets of dumbbells and some yeah. bands. And you could believe me, you could get yourself in, in good shape at home. You, you can yeah. do it. You yeah, can do it.
1: Couple dumbbells. They don't have to be a lot of weight. And no. Then, and then just go, go walk three or four miles a couple times a day, and uh, that, you know, that's great for you. Maybe yeah, that man walk
2: until you get to Wisconsin, and then uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: and, yeah, grab a brat, <laughs> then turn around and go home. A brat and a beer. I think, th- I think that man at four in the morning was trying to tell me something. Warning! Get up now. Morning. Warning! Move, move. Yeah, sweat uh, yeah. like Clint says. Yeah, yeah. That's a great line to remember. Yeah, just try to sweat, sweat to every sweat. day. That's
2: really great. I never heard that from him and and he was one of my heroes you know i i think that guy i think the world of him as uh as not only as an entertainer and movie producer a director and actor but you know he always did things his i love i I talked about jim brown i love people that do things their way i love people that are independent thinkers and who who find a way to make their life better without following you know everybody else's plan and they and and just those people inspire me you know, yeah, so that's, yeah. he, he's
1: one of them for sure. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, he he amazes me that he's he's a great director and he's still directing projects at age 90. So, yes. And, and you, you think about what's involved in the kind of focus you have to have to direct a project. So good for him. Hey, guys, I like to do this to Steve. Vince, I'll bring you in on it. I have a quiz for okay. you guys. Hmm. If you get it right, you know what you win? <sighs> A new smoke detector. Yeah, <laughs>
3: there you go. Uh, this is multiple choice. You ready? No, wait. We're, we're waiting to hear what we win. Don't, uh, go, don't just slough, slough that off. We don't do these things for nothing. Uh, uh, now I put uh, them on the spot, Vince. A Ramble
1: Brothers okay. t-shirt. Uh, they call us the Ramble <laughs> Brothers, and now that you've been on here, Vince, you know why. Um, so you can win a Ramble Brothers t-shirt. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. here we go. One of, these, one of these Hall of Fame athletes wore the same number his entire career. A, Michael Jordan. B, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. C, Ryan Sandberg. D,
2: mm.
1: Reggie Jackson. One of them well. wore the same number their entire career. Jordan, Abdul-Jabbar, Sandberg... Reggie Jackson. Just one of them?
2: One of them did. Mm, mm, well, I mm. I think I know who who the one is because Steve you you want to I'm give my guess. Doing the elimination, we can start uh, uh, doing the elimination. Uh, yeah, yeah. If you'd like. uh,
3: well, you seem more you you seem more certain about that. I'll just I'll just throw my name out there uh, because I'm more of of a guess. Your I'm name just wasn't trying to be a lot Oh, oh! So it wasn't me. I did have the same number though, all through, <laughs> all, all through, all through Pee Wee Baseball. I had the same number. Uh, me too. I'm gonna, You're I'm like gonna, say, I'm gonna say that the num that the guy was Reggie Jackson. That's just my, I just, I just ooh, threw it out there. Vince, 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 you go ahead. Go ahead, Vince.
2: Uh, well, Reggie wore nine with uh, the Athletics, and he wore forty four. With beginning,
3: exactly. I was going to say the first name to eliminate is Reggie Jackson. Yeah, and then now, now let me, yeah, yeah,
2: and yeah. And let's see. Um, there was Michael Jordan, of course, had two different numbers. Yeah, he wore yes. twenty-three and forty-five. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what Rhino wore somewhere else, but I, I, I got to think Jabbar wore thirty-three his entire career. I got. I'm going to go with Jabbar. That's that's why I'm going to that go. that's good. Final answer. Sounds
3: good.
1: Uh, it, is. <laughs> it is. Final answer. Uh, correct. Kareem Abdul Jabbar wore 33 the entire time. Jordan, nice. actually, Vince, nice. wore three numbers. He wore really? one time he was playing a road game, and imagine this happening. Somebody got in the locker room and stole his jersey, his game jersey. So I think it was number 17 he had to wear one game.
2: Oh, shit.
1: I think it had to be an inside I, job, didn't it? I mean, how do you get into an NBA locker room and steal
3: a jersey? Did, did either of you two. That's yeah. an inside did, job. Did either of you see the story recently where <clears throat> so, the, Michael Jordan's earliest known autograph was found? He was playing, base, playing baseball in the town where he grew up on the little league team or or some junior level baseball team and the whole team signed the baseball and he signed his he signed his mike jordan And Jordan. (laughs) and i think it went for something like 50 grand but it's the earliest earliest known autograph from a 12 year old michael jordan and you know what?
2: Also so, on that baseball yeah. was
3: young Steve
2: Schickelstein. also signed that ball. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. His autograph as well as many yes. others. What did, uh, what did Sandberg wear, wear besides, he was 23, I think, as a Cub, right? Yeah, he was so,
1: 23. He played for the Phillies, and I think that he wore 31.
3: Oh. Yeah. Um, I should have known that. I should have uh, You
1: that. were right about Reggie. I think Reggie had a third number, too, but he wore number nine with yeah. the A's. And then, yeah. obviously, 44. 44.
2: And yeah, with the yeah. Orioles, too. I think he wore nine with the and Orioles. And with the
1: Orioles, awesome. mm, yeah. Mm. And then I think he had a third number in there. So uh, good on you, Vince. Way to go. Thank
3: you. <laughs> yes. um,
1: before we let you go here, um, uh, are you a spiritual man? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You don't have to answer that. I just like to. Well, I, I, hey, like vent, the, I like vent, the uncomfortable vent. silence that I that I bring when I
3: pull crap Can like this. I get through
2: this, uh, yes,
3: uh, <laughs> which I do every every time we do these. But that, it's a, a short story, I guess, behind that. We're rolling along with this uh, uh, comedian that we were talking to. We we're talking about all sorts of things. And, and uh, uh, you know, and Howard always tries to uh, send me a direction in a direction where uh, it, it's going to lead to one rabbit hole, and then he'll go down another one. And I always get the questions like, what do elephants eat? And meanwhile he'll go and ask something real heady and so he yeah. and he goes and asks the guy is he spiritual and uh <laughs> and i
1: have you ask him if he pees in the shower yeah yeah you know so but, where
2: where is this going is there what is there
1: another is not, no, there it's not no, going anywhere there are any questions that's the thing
3: that's why they call us the ramble brothers <laughs> uh, but Vince man it's, it's nice to get to know you it's nice to know that I've got somebody I can look up when I go and spend my first time in the Atlanta area yeah man do that absolutely and uh, call, uh, call me if you want to talk about uh, a program
2: to work out and all that yes. stuff too I'd be yes. happy to talk to you because I don't You know, I do go in here and go crazy anymore I, I do yeah. enough that I don't get you know eyeballed by the young guys but I don't go like you know, crazy anymore. So you got to find a a happy medium and something. You got to keep moving though, man. You got to keep. Yeah.
3: The key is to keep moving. Well, I had, I had an, uh, you were talking about your mother. There Mm -hmm. was an aunt, there's an aunt of mine who lived to be, One hundred years old. I think she was one hundred and one, I think, when she passed away. But there were I and and there reached a time when I tried to do everything she did. I would eat whatever if it was working for her, it was going to work for me. And it was one consistent thing that she did uh, almost until her last days. She always wanted to walk. Yeah. I, I, if there was a store across the street or a block away you'd offer my aunt a ride to the store i'll walk she didn't care if it would take 20 minutes to get there she was a firm believer in in trying to stay as mobile oh, as possible yeah. oh yeah so that that is a real key
2: no once the legs go that's uh yeah. that's a real sign of trouble so uh yeah. do that yeah. keep moving and Howard, I, you know, it's 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 great to spend time with you. I I so enjoyed my time years ago when we would hang out and uh, talk. And you know what? You're a really talented sportscaster, really good. Well, and you. you helped push me uh, back then to try to be better because it was, we were around some really talented um, guys doing sports back then. So I've, I've always appreciated that uh, sort of friendly competition we had help oh, me get better
1: yeah i did too and we did we learned from some very good people and i think that if oh. you're going to be any good that's that's what you that's what you have to do you have to watch others and uh pick up their good habits and then uh develop your own bad ones
3: Could i could i add now i know we're trying to end the podcast but there's always one more one more one more and, I, and it just crossed my mind and i want to ask vince if he had any dealings with this guy vince's i i told you i lived in philadelphia and and uh most and i was such a sports fan uh when i was in my 20s and 30s there were no sports radio shows i'm talking like in the 70s uh sure. early 70s, early 70s there was no sports radio once in a while you would get a guy who would have a sports related show and it would be like finding gold on the radio <laughs> and, I, and, and, and at night at night I would tune in with my AM radio and find this guy, find this guy in Cleveland that was called Pete. What, what was Pete? Hey Franklin. Week? Yes. Yep. Yes.
2: Oh yeah, he's yes. a he's a legendary uh, sports talk radio host. Uh, very. Well, Howard, you heard Pete back then, right? I mean, yeah, he I, would. uh He I was a character, and yeah, I knew him. I didn't know him a little bit, but I would see him mostly at like Browns press conferences and. And of course, I grew up listening to him as well, so it was uh yeah I mean, and he was on there by himself and did like three four hours uh, yeah and with his usual call in characters and you know tapes on things
3: he kind of during all. during during the football season he'd have this thing he'd do and he'd say, uh, pigskin peak predicts." <laughs> and uh i had but being miles away uh listening to this guy with a great sort of sports voice uh you know you realize that, that cleveland was a real hotbed of talent and sports knowledge and uh a, a great place to have worked so i'm i'm sure that both of you learned a lot and experienced a lot by, you know, being one of the, well,
2: you know, it's, it's like, it, it's like Chicago. I mean that you have generational, uh, fandom, you know, with yeah. the people yes. there. So it's like you, you're, you don't have a choice. I mean, you're going to be, a, uh, you're a bears fan or, you know, you're, you're yeah. a Cub fan right. or a white Sox fan. And, and, yeah. uh, so you're, it, it's, it's very much, uh, very much like that. Um, you know, as far as, you know, your, your loyalties and your, uh, support for sure there was a great place way, to be and can I, go, yeah, can I go just, ahead can I just sure. ask you one thing you know Ditka is one of my one of the guys that I I sort of semi I think talked to maybe at a you know be in a press conference situation but I he's one of the guys too I played I was a small college tight end so I love tight ends and he's people have to remember what how good he he's the first modern fantastic. tight end. Yes. I mean, when you watch his his clips back then, he's fantastic after the catch, and he's just killing people, and he's a great receiver. So how what, what is what's what's Dick Dick up to? I mean, what's uh, is he still? Around there, or is he? Out, he's living live in Florida, or someplace like that.
1: He spends the winters in Florida, and then comes up here in the summertime. Um, okay. He had uh, he had another heart attack last year, and mm. uh, survived it and came back. But that that knocked him back a little bit. But uh, avid golfer, um, he's. As as you could imagine with with age, he's mellowed a lot uh, from when he was when he was coaching. Uh, he was so competitive, and you know, with his emotions being on his sleeve, and uh, you know, well, you know what it was like. You watched him. Oh yeah. You know, you watched his press conferences and everything. But he's a really, really good guy, and he's really unbelievably loyal. And um, you know, he's another guy you were talking about, like. Clint Eastwood, you know, he believes what he believes. He marches to his own tune and I give him all the credit for that. But, uh, Oh yeah. Coach is a really, really good guy and he's doing well
3: right now.
2: And he's been on this,
3: he's been on this podcast too. Oh, Uh, that's that's awesome. And it always comes around. It always comes around to food. And when he was on with us, I said, Hey coach, I I said, Hey coach, uh, what are you, what are you eating? And, and I'm thinking he's going to give us a steak, you know, his his steak house was known for fine food and uh, something, you know, really sort of fancy is what I thought he'd say. And he said, nah. I'm waiting for whatever my wife puts in front of me and, then he's, yelling, and, he, and he's yelling, what is it today? And he, I think he had a hamburger that day, but it was just great. And he's another one. I'm saying, coach, if it works for you, I'll, I'll change my diet completely. Whatever you do seems to be. Oh working. yeah.
2: What well, he's you? Uh, you know, he humbled himself after leaving Chicago and going to Philly and then redemption with the Cowboys. But he's the yeah. first, uh, He's the first tight end, right, to go into the Hall of Fame. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. And he's the only guy that has ever won a championship as a player, as an assistant coach, and as a head coach. So wow. He, he won 63 with the Bears, uh, the NFL championship at that time. And then he was an assistant with the Cowboys when they won. And then, of course, he was the coach of the 85 Bears. So, um, Hall of Fame career, Hall of Fame guy, too. So, I'm, I'm glad you so, asked so to So, in somebody Chicago, he's, in, he's, in Ch- yeah, in, go ahead.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm talking over That's you. And all right. I'm all excited now. About, but in Chicago, we talked about a pecking order in Cleveland and Jim Brown. But is, is Jordan one, or, I mean, we're, we're, is is it Jordan and, and then maybe Dick or Ernie Banks or how does that what would you say top five all time history athletes there in, in Chicago?
1: Well I'll I'll throw it out there and then I'll see what Steve says. Um I think Jordan has to be number one.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I would think that Walter Payton oh, yeah. is Walter, probably sure. number two. Mm-hmm. I would think that Ernie has to be in the top five. I would put Ditka in the top five, and then, man, it gets tough. But, uh, you know, you might have to go to somebody like George Hallis to, at, at that point. You know, the founder of the Bears and, the you know,
3: one of the founding fathers of the NFL. Uh, Steve, what do you think? I don't know. I was thinking that um, I always underestimate hockey, and I know hockey uh, plays a major role in the city. I'm not really into hockey personally, but Whenever the Blackhawks would win a championship, man, there would be more people. I, I was always impressed by the throngs of people that would just be lining the streets for the parade. Is there a hockey player, Howard, that we might, you might be? Yeah, there's an missing, obvious
1: uh, obvious uh, candidate would be Bobby. You're thinking Bobby Hall, Bobby Hall. Yeah, yeah. and there's if a Blackhawks uh, Blackhawks player would be Bobby Hall, yeah, but uh, yeah so many of them but I think uh, that when you get down to that fourth and fifth spot it gets pretty tough but I'm very comfortable saying yeah, Michael Jordan and Walter right. Payton at the top yeah, yeah.
2: Right, now, where, where would Stan be on the, the all-time well list? he would be I, I just I, I just threw that out well you know
1: what? He was, a, he was a great player and there's another <laughs> wonderful wonderful guy uh, so many of the hockey guys are, are great guys but he would be you know if Hall was one he'd be 1A He'd be right there, and then, you know, two of the players that are playing with him right now—if they win any more champ—well, they won three Stanley Cups. But I mean, uh, Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane are are great players too for the mm-hmm. modern era. But uh, awful lot of good ones coming through, great ones coming yeah. through here. And uh, when you get to know them, and you know that they're really great people too—that's that's the the really yes, double that you have. So um, of course we've
3: had a chance See, to know, you know a lot I, of them. I have changed my whole perception. Not not extremely, but knowing that Vince uh, Cellini played football, it was a tight end. Um, did you, you know, Very, what, well, what, man, what, <laughs> what number? What number did you have in college? Um,
2: I wore well. I wore eighty five all the way through high school and college.
3: Yeah. Now, was there a reason? Reason or behind that?
2: Yeah, or, th- actually, there is a story behind that. So, when yeah. I was a kid, uh, the Dolphins were really good. Uh, the Miami Dolphins. I had an uncle and oh, a grandfather yeah. who lived down there. And so I watched Dolphin games. Yeah,
3: And I played Is linebacker. that Nick Bonacani? Yeah. Nick Bonacani. Bonacani, yeah. Bonacani yeah.
2: wore 85. And I said, wow, you could play linebacker and wear 85? Yeah. And I thought yeah. that was really cool. So when I got to high school and started playing and I just, uh, I kept it um, all the way through, uh, through school. So that was, uh, that was my football number always. And yeah. Um, yeah, that's where it sort of, it sort of came from.
3: Did you did you have? Is this knee the knee scoping related to that, or is that totally no?
2: No, I came (laughs) I came out of college (laughs) unscathed after four years of playing. I was I was fine, and all of my injuries are basketball related. I was playing basketball years ago, and I hurt this knee, and it just it really was never the same. It was functional, but as I got older and more wear and tear, that's where it came from. So. Basketball caused me to, you know, broken fingers, a broken nose, poked in the eye, a shoulder injury, knee, all that stuff. So, all those people that say football's dangerous, yeah, you you can get hurt playing anything.
1: Oh, you basketball know, will physical. just it will slowly but surely wear you down and and tear oh. you up. It beats your ankles up, it beats your knees up, but you know my right arm because I shot so much, but. I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. And if I if my wheels hadn't failed me, I'd still be playing because uh, I, I pick up basketball is the greatest.
2: I mean, you talk about keeping oh, you in shape. That's, that's why that was my cardio. That was what kept me yeah. in shape. I oh, right. love playing pickup because I did. I hate running, and I hate anything I cardio related. And if you grew up in Cleveland like I did, or, or lived there. Winners, there's nothing – you go to a gym, you find a church gym or someplace to go play pickup, and you had your nights of playing somewhere. So I loved it. And, Howard, you were a good player, really good shooter. I remember you really could shoot that ball. Yeah, I loved uh, it.
1: I I had pretty good fundamentals, and I I could shoot, and, uh, you know, I could pass pretty well. Um, And then, you know, lack of – you know, I was – pretty good athlete until you bring you know really good athletes that are going to play at the professional (laughs) level and you play against those guys it's a different story but uh i can hold my own and i can say that i really really loved every minute of it and vince loved having you on here um nice to catch up with you and um if it's in your power um bow your head whatever get us through this uh this virus get things back to normal get sports back to normal uh, kids in school, and uh, hopefully yeah. we can talk again next year at this time. It'll be, yeah. it'll be all good.
2: Well, yeah, guys, great talking with you. Great catching up, Howard, and and really spending time with you, Steve, as well. And uh, you guys, it's let me know pleasure. where I can. Uh, you guys, let me know where I can put this out on social media too, and we'll get it. We'll do that as well.
1: All so, right, great. I'll send you a link. All right, Vince. guys, be well.
3: Thanks. Thanks. well guys, thank you very so much. Take care of yourself. Bye, Vince. All right. Did you hang up too, right, Steve? I'm, uh, I hung done, up. Aren't you? Uh, uh, ten seconds ago, right yeah. after Vince, I hung up. No, I didn't He's hang up. He's a good up. guy. Should I stop her? Yeah, he is. He's terrific. He's a good guy. Um, I didn't get to the question. Are you a spiritual
1: man? That really pissed you off that I asked uh, Dwayne Kennedy <laughs> no, that last week. Or, or it just it amazed you? No, it didn't even amaze you. Didn't surprise you. But you're you're never too
3: amazed at how simple I am, right? No, it was just a th- a question that uh, came from a very different direction, and
1: uh, <laughs>
0: you know, it's the product. I of. don't.
3: I just don't like. To, I don't like to talk about uh, people's religion, or uh, I can talk about politics or religion, but not politics and religion in one show, and we're <laughs> completely out. Yeah, the three yeah. things that that
1: our parents and aunts and uncles always told us with, and it was great advice not to talk about. Politics, religion, and money. Yeah, well, money too? Yeah, money, you know, how much anybody yeah. makes or, yeah.
3: you know, all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, you're yeah. right, you're right, you're right, yeah. you're
1: right. So, you, um, you know, never go down that way. Um, I think we're done here.
3: Yeah, I'm done. Great guest, great time talking, uh, uh, and now I'm hungry. Uh, He didn't deter me at all from uh, wanting bad food, and I'm going to go up and get me some junk food. Me neither. After this is over. I'm going to go uh, corral my granddaughter. Yeah. And uh, pay her the scale that she's due for making an appearance. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I will. I'll cut that check. All right. That's
1: back to you. I'm Howard Sudbury with Steve Baskerville. Uh, and that's it. um, That's it.
3: I think it's over. Peace. Uh, Talk to you soon. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye.
0: Bye. Listen, subscribe, and rate Back to You on com or wherever you find your podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. Back to You is a presentation of Opie Productions. From Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville, I'm Sam Greenberg, the Back to You engineer. Executive producer is Tony Lasano with opishows.com, which is hippo spelt backwards. That's dot com. Back to You is distributed by Ed Silla with Radio Misfits. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. Until next time, stick around. This
2: OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. The preceding was a presentation of OPI Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including
0: opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Opie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? Lasano
1: and friends. In science, the moon
0: affects tides and the ladies' periods. Oh, so Jesus why, Christ. Why the ladies' can Uran- periods? Hey, oh, that's terrifying. The ladies' the lady cycles, okay. if you know what I mean. Tides. We're talking about <laughs> the differences of cycles and personalities. And you think that a personality could be affected by a Uranus. high tide? Oh, <laughs> you're Yes. Do you know what causes the high tide with the, the moon there, guy? The gravity? Yes, gravity. So uh, you're I'm saying not sure that, that gravity this- has any, any effect on hormones necessarily within a human mm. being, but, you know, your mileage may vary, I guess. Why don't you start telling me when my cycle is, Mr. <laughs> <laughs> when the moon is at its highest? It's a, uh, it was the full moon this weekend, so I expect that... Uh, oh, it is?
2: A lot of Yeah, ladies.
0: all of the women menstruate at the same time, right? <laughs> the moon, right? Yeah. I mean, that's clearly It's like it. that scene in The Shining
3: when the elevator
0: door opens <laughs> all over the World. Oh world uh, you are listening to this right now <laughs> be sure to tell a friend about our friends listen subscribe rate lasano and friends on itunes stitcher tune in and google play just search for radio misfits this is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. On this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. Wait a second, that guy got a loan? Water pistol baptism. Balls in the news. My brush with a comedy legend. And a segment from our interview with legendary broadcaster Bill Curtis. All that in unlimited tangents on this week's Minutia Man, The Tony Lasano Podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Radiomisfits.com Is this over? Yes.